We don't heal in isolation, but in community. S. Kelly Harrell. The Dragon Pod from Bending Not Breaking. Book Four, Earth, Chapter One, Rebirth Day. Welcome back to another episode of Bending Not Breaking. This is the first episode of officially what we are calling the Dragon Pod, which is what we're focusing all of our Dragon Prince energy into, which is really exciting because we are all thrilled that season four is here. Season five is coming. But before that, we have a chance to watch and rewatch this season because there's so much joy and so much information that happened in this that came out so i'm just cannot wait to dive into this season with all of our special guests and today is no exception all right everyone you may have seen on twitter that we are recording today with jesse inukalia uses he his pronouns he is a filipino american voiceover artist actor producer with over a decade of experience in the entertainment industry currently based in vancouver british columbia he is one of the leads on the hit emmy nominated netflix series the dragon prince which is why you're all here today i assume also the voice of Marvel's Spider-Ham on Marvel Battleworld and has voiced numerous characters for producers like Nintendo, Hasbro, Capcom, Sega, IGG, My Dearest, and many more. Kind of a big deal. Jesse is back with us on the podcast. Jesse, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me back, man. I'm excited to be here. I mean, I... And so, like, I was cultivating the guest list for this season, like, months and months ago <laughs> as soon as I, <laughs> I remember and I kept I kept blanking out on your email <laughs> oh no worries no worries at all like but it was one of those things where like as people continued to say yes I was just like floored with gratitude of how much like what an incredible group of people that are working on this there's so much generosity from everyone who I've been able to speak with. And so I'm just, I'm grateful for the whole cast and I'm especially grateful for you for uh, being first because it was a quick turnaround once the episodes dropped. So thank you. I appreciate you being here. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. So for those of us who are listening and uh, have not heard previous episodes of the podcast, so they don't know you super well, uh, and perhaps they haven't seen you elsewhere, can you just tell us a little bit about uh, who you are, what you do, and maybe a little bit about what makes you, you. Okay, sure. Um, well, as you said, Jesse and Okalia, um, I've been working in the entertainment industry for most of my life at this point. Um, I've been a professional, that is to say, paying my bills off of a voice actor for the past, uh, God, decade or something. I did the math recently and it made me feel real old. So I'm just <laughs> going with decade. Um, yeah, I, I was super fortunate to, I still am super fortunate to work on Dragon Prince. I mean, I've been, I did the math on this one and it blew me away. I've been living with Soren and being him for almost six years now. Oh, wow. Which is, Oof. man, 
Vilas, who's our uh, showrunner now, he posted a picture on his Instagram of the very first table read we all had. <laughs> yeah. And it was in 2017. Like, <laughs> that's when I first met Paula. That's when I first met Luke. That's like, I had already known Rack and Jason kind of from other uh, other circles, but man to think it's been it's been that long that i've had i've had this beautiful dummy kicking around in my head it's been really lovely um beyond that i mean i do a lot of work in video games i just had uh i just had a rather large game launch in japan called dyschronia mm. which is a vr detective adventure novel basically <laughs> where you play as me Hal, the protagonist, who uh, has to solve a murder in a city that has not experienced crime in a great number of years anyway. Interesting. It's very cool. It's it's super interactive. I don't do VR very well. I get vertigo easily, so I'm waiting oh, on the Nintendo Switch yikes. release. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's super cool. It's a cool concept. And, you know, I always have more stuff dropping. You know, I was just able to talk about uh, Borderlands. I'm in the new... New Tales from the Borderlands, which is dope. I'm so excited to be a part of that universe. Mm. But yeah, I mean, Dragon Prince is is such a big part of my life right now. And I... Especially right now. <laughs> oh, God, especially. We just had the season. At the time of recording right now, we've just had the season drop last week. And it's been incredible to see the community come out of collective hibernation. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's always, you know, the small, you know, what, like 20, maybe 30 people who are just like active hive mind. Oh, yeah, they just keep going. Uh, And they just never stop, right? And then there's the larger community that I, 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 there was this like out of hibernation, like over the past week, you've seen more and more people starting to post on social media about it. It's been really cool to to witness that. Mm -hmm. And to see the people who are like brand new to the show. Yeah. Yeah, you know, who are coming who are coming in and kind of witnessing it all at once, which is extra crazy to me. And the people who came from Tales of Zadia or from the comics. Or, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, it's I forget about that. Me too. And it's it's huge. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So okay. So season four, mm. you know, taking the world by storm. Um I'm curious, you, we've we've kind of heard a little bit about uh, your relationship with your work. What is something that's happening in your life that is completely unattached to work that you really love to do? Oh, God. Wow. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's been nice that, you know, it, my, my partner got a new job recently, so it's been nice to have her home more often so we can mm. just have more like family time together. Yeah. Um, it's been nice to learn to take time for myself. I, with, with, you know, restrictions, COVID restrictions lifting in Canada, I've been going back to the gym more often, which has been really lovely. Yeah. I've been, I've been taking a lot of time to get out and not necessarily get out, but socialize anyway with people I haven't spoken to in years, which has been really good for my mental health. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. I am. It's amazing how much I adapted over 
the COVID restriction period to not going out at all and not going to the gym and not doing these things. And then it's like having to relearn how to like, I have to build those habits from scratch. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, And I have like, I have a couple hundred dollars worth of like dumbbells and, and weighted clubs in my house that I was using over, over the, the lockdown periods. And man, if they aren't just collecting dust and have been for like (laughs) a couple months now, just cause you know, it's, it's hard to get that motivation up. Right. Yeah. I totally hear you. Oh, it's, it's, uh, I want like, it's this cognitive dissonance that we, I'm sure many people can relate to of like, I want this, but I don't want to do it. (laughs) I want to get this, but I want the benefits of this, but yes. But I want nothing to do with it with regards to actually going there. Totally. Mm. (laughs) Well, yeehaw, we did it. (laughs) We did it. Yeah. Well, here we are. We've made it to today. At least we have shown that we have the endurance to at least make it to this point in time. And uh, I'm going to kind of push us into this next segment, the new segment for the podcast, since uh, our, uh, our guests this season are pretty epic. Um, We're going to be doing a segment called the primal source. <laughs> Get it. <laughs> um, and the primal like source the show. Where, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, essentially, we are really grateful to have so many people that have firsthand knowledge about the making of these episodes that were involved in that process. And so this is a chance for us to kind of just pick your brain and say, hey, what's something fun that happened in the making of this episode? Or what's something that uh, struck you about the making of this episode, whether it be surprising or Mm. interesting whatever comes to mind i mean i (laughs) in a way i'm very lucky that i I chose this episode because the biggest thing coming back to this was we were all just so excited to get back to it you know we were we were we had no idea what was going to happen kind of in the interim between three and four being announced so you know i remember at uh at the online New York Comic Con panel, and I want to say 2020, Aaron had me there. Uh, Eric, who's Erevos, was there. Um, Rena, Janai, you know, of course, the usual cast of characters were yeah. all there. And you know, we didn't. We were all just kind of here to like talk about the show, and we're like, why are all of us here? And then midway through the panel, Aaron's like, and we got renewed for seasons four through seven. And yeah. there is a legit moment in that panel where you see all of us just go, what? <laughs> because Aaron, bless his soul, I love him so much. He just, he loves to surprise us and he loves to like throw fun little wrenches at us like that. Yeah, and- I mean... I remember watching the video of your reaction. Yeah. Like it was like, it was, I was surprised that y'all were as surprised as we were. <laughs> oh God. Just, yeah. What a cool. It felt experience. like, it felt like beating an Elden ring boss, man. I yeah. was just like, <laughs> what? We did, what? Yeah. And, you know, we, we had been eagerly anxiously awaiting those scripts and for them to come back. And as soon as I got it back, it just felt like stepping back into a comfortable pair of shoes, man. It felt like stepping back into a world that I had been I had been eagerly waiting to jump back into. And I knew there was a time skip. Um, I hadn't yet read the graphic novels by the time we got to here. 
because we did this in god two years ago yeah we did this in 2020 and i was just i was so happy to be back in studio yeah i was so happy we didn't get a chance to like record with each other yet of course because we were still doing a lot of very very um advanced uh sanitation measures for studios okay. so only recently have i been back in studio recording with people and even then to a very limited extent but you know every so often we would get to you know skype in with each other or you know there's there's <laughs> i don't know if you have jack on this season but jack and i have an ongoing bit with our walla that i don't know made it in at any point i certainly didn't in four where we play a father and son asking questions about what's happening in the scene, just like <laughs> Walla is with all actors. So that's, you know, the crowd hustle you'll hear or the, yeah. you know, Oh, what's going on? All that. Right. Uh -huh. So Jack and I had an ongoing bit where I was like, Papa, what's the dragon saying? Not now, Michael, this is, this is, this is work mark. And <laughs> I'm sure none of it made in, made it in. And you probably can't even hear for it, but. It is. It was just so fun to be able to to see everybody again. Yeah, you know? yeah. Oh man, there's just so many cool things that kind of I'm kind of processing this this idea of what it would feel like from your perspective to have recorded season four and then not being able to kind of share that with the world for so long, right? It's like this. Uh, like I've I've done this really cool thing and I can't <laughs> I can't see it like, it's, like it's, I just imagine that's uh, what a how how did that feel I'm curious because I, I mean I, as an actor I that's something I do a lot yeah you know we're all under NDAs for everything we do basically mm -hmm. and you know I've got a couple that I'm sitting on right now and like with with Borderlands Borderlands is a great example because yeah while I'm only a, I'm a supporting character in that. We did that in late 2020 into early 2021. And I couldn't say anything about it. And I, you know, I I had no desire to really, because I like working with Gearbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the guys, the leads on that one, that was a full-time job for them. Mm. They were in studio five days a week from, you know, nine to nine to three or four usually per day wow. doing all their mocap for it and they couldn't say anything yeah you know it's 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 not uncommon for performers to be in a place where we've got a lot to say and no one to say it to and yeah. it's best that way yeah so did you all ever just commiserate? I am sure that you did. Like commiserate together with the people. Oh, we have group chats, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Yeah, we got we got group chats. I mean, that to say, like, we didn't we knew season four was coming when Aaron said season four was coming at yeah. New York, right? So once once that was public, we can say, you know, oh, well, we're Season four is coming. And that's yeah. all we can say. Yep. Yep. And certainly that's typically all I care to say. Yeah. Until we can actually talk about it. Yeah. Oh, and well, and now we can. So now we can. Now it's yeah. here. Well, awesome. I'm just, I can't wait. We should dive in. So uh, you've heard it, everyone. This is the primal source. 
Uh, and now we're going to move into kind of our episode discussion. But before we do that, we have to unpack the lens that we're going to be viewing this episode through. So uh, today we kind of collaborated and landed on the lens of community. And we're viewing this episode through that lens. And so, Jesse, I'm curious, just from your perspective, can you help us understand what community means to you? Sure, sure. Um, <laughs> I have and still continue to spend a lot of my life as an island. I'm very reserved. I don't like to reach out more than absolutely necessary. And as I'm as I'm in my late 30s now, I'm coming to realize how much of a mistake that's been throughout so much of my life. Um, I, I rely more at over 2020, over, you know, the, the lockdown portions of the pandemic. This is a fantastic example. I really made it through and found advancement through connecting with, uh, with the community of Filipino performers that mm-hmm. I work with and that I, I know them all. I love them all out of Los Angeles. And, you know, they brought me in remotely. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. <clears throat> and through meeting them and working with them, I, you know, not only cre- found a really beautiful community to commiserate with and to laugh with and to talk with, yeah. but also one that's helped me advance my career. Mm. And, you know, coming back, kind of like I was saying, I, throughout 20, 2019 and early 2020, when I was doing a lot of traveling uh, for season three, we had such a really tight-knit community. Me, Adrian, Jason, Raquel, Paula, because we were, you know, and Sasha, of course, but Sasha's a child, so she wasn't <laughs> coming out drinking with us afterwards. Yeah. Uh, we found a really lovely, you know, family that we traveled with. Uh... And coming into 2020, when you know, of course, COVID and rightly so every fucking convention shuttered and they should have and probably should continue to be as yeah, like, <laughs> as they are. Um, I, I found myself very solitary all of a sudden mm. and coming back to the show and kind of like I was saying before that it just felt like, you know, stepping into a nice pair of shoes. Stepping back into recording the show and knowing that we had this and, you know, having having Ben, Ben Callens, who is just brilliant, come in. He and I have been talking for quite a while now. Yeah. (laughs) Just in anticipation of what's coming. That is to say season four. Um, It's just been really lovely to, to rediscover that sense of community with my with my friends and colleagues on this show because as i'm sure you've heard from probably at least jason yeah this show is very unique especially for vancouver and i think just kind of in general i agree i mean just watching it it's pretty evident (laughs) like it's self-evident that it is unique and it's just a really beautiful it's beautiful yeah okay so i'm hearing a few elements of community from you. Sure. Um, I'm hearing uh, one that community is not necessarily bound by um, proximity, right? So I, no. I heard yeah. that um, you, even in Vancouver, were able to establish community with those in Los Angeles. And I'm also hearing that 
the the loss of community was not a healthy feeling for you like that loss was not good uh but then in uh following that i guess when you were able to kind of refine uh reencounter that community that it was a sense there was a sense of this is rightness almost um did i capture that well what did i miss um yeah i i, I feel what you're saying i think that i agree i don't think community is bound by proximity. I don't think community is bound by blood. I don't think community is bound by anything except the the choices we make for ourselves and mm. the people within, right? Um, and I think that, you know, especially, especially, it's so funny. I was reading an article on this yesterday on how, on how blockbuster movies have become entirely sexless. And... <laughs> Something they brought up that I thought was interesting is that so much of uh, modern marketing is based around the concept of self-reliance yeah. and self-improvement and self-growth and self, 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 yep. which I get, I understand. You know, we, we all live under the dystopian nightmare that is late stage death knell capitalism. Yep. But at the same time, you know, we're missing community. Yeah, I think absolutely. we all are, you know, the more and more I think about it and to have that space, whatever that space is for people, if it's a discord server, if it's a, a TTRPG night, yeah. if it's trivia night with the boys, if it's whatever it is, if it's a fantasy football league, for Christ's sake, that can be such an incredibly powerful support network. Yeah not even just for, you know, personal growth or personal um, advancement, but just to have like-minded individuals around. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, one of the things I'm hearing there, it, it seems as though community, wherever and however it is created, is a source, is a, is a space where one feels like they belong. Yes. Right. So it's this element of belonging. Right. And mm -hmm. we know that we are neurobiologically wired to belong. belong. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, we, we're, we're social, like human beings are a social species. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it, it's, it's ridiculous to say that we are individuals. We are a collective. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that is what is exactly what you're pointing to is this, this, uh, it is a function of being in a capitalist society that we are being indoctrinated into seeing how we uh, work and live and integrate with other people through a how can I be as independent and self-reliant as possible, mm -hmm. which creates this almost shame around asking for help. It mm -hmm. creates this shame around needing to to su support from other people mm -hmm. um and what i've learned recently is like the the beauty that comes from communities around like mutual aid and um mm -hmm. thinking about how you know every time that has happened it's usually been stomped on by the, the government yeah, the government before, yes. right and it's just really interesting to think about how much good comes from from community like this so Mm -hmm. With with kind of this lens in mind, we're gonna think about this episode. 
And for those of us that did not watch it today or did not watch it, you know, as recently as <laughs> liked, uh, watch it again. Why not? Yeah. It's, maybe you should just watch it again. And that'll Netflix that. loves numbers. But we're going to be kind to our listeners and we're going to give you all a recap uh, in 30 seconds. And so I'm going to invite uh, Jesse. Would you like to go first or would you like to go second? Ooh, um, I'll go first. Right. Yeah, I'll go first. Awesome. Yeah, let's get this out of the way. <laughs> All right. So everyone, Jesse has 30 seconds to recap the entire episode. Okay. And you can start in three, two, one. Okay. So it is two years after the Battle of the Storm Spire. Big reveal. Uh, Callum is now the High Mage. Ezrin is now the King. Rayla, nowhere to be seen. Who's Rayla? No one knows. No one cares. Um <laughs> We have Viren and Claudia. Viren has been dead. Claudia brings him back to life, realizes it's only going to last for about 30 days, so they need to go on a quest to find Erevos. Also, Terry's there. Terry's lovely. He's a cinnamon roll. Um, it is Callum's birthday on this episode, so man, there's this big... Oh, uh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> oh, man. So close. Talk faster. So close. I got, like, halfway through. You go for it. It's tough, right? It's tough. It's so yeah. tough. All right. If you will count me in. Yeah. Let me, you want me to time you as well? I got it. Okay. And we'll go in three, two, and go. So two years have passed. Oh my gosh. And then Viren's alive. He's alive after that fall. Are we kidding? Callum's better at magic. There's a little umbrella thing. Ezra has this council meeting and Opelli is like trying to get stuff done, but then like Bate shows up and it's the whole deal. And then Barius is like the Lord of crusts and jellies or something. And then Callum is, thinks something's up. It's really kind of worried about everything and talking behind his back. And then Janiah and Maya have a secret mission and it's really pretty. And then it's Callum's birthday and it's really sad birthday. Cause it's like, where's Rayla? And that's, that's time. Okay. Well, we you know, you got further than I did. Yeah, but I also skipped a lot of things that you did. That's, so. that's fair. <laughs> it's with our powers combined that we were able to capture what we did. It's almost like that's the story. <laughs> it's almost like we planned it because it's part of doing things in community. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we kind of watched this episode with community in mind. And so I'm going to toss it straight to you. What is a moment yeah. in this episode that um really kind of bubbled to the surface when you were watching through this lens uh i think the first thing that kind of bubbled to my mind outside of the birthday party which i just think is fucking adorable is is seeing seeing what is now regular life in catullus again yeah you know seeing little callum and viren's lab study whatever um seeing him interact with the guards, seeing how the guards interact with him, how he's still not completely comfortable, you know, with high mage or whatever, seeing little crow master pop up and he got a promotion. Good for him. Right. Associate crow Lord. Associate crow Lord. (laughs) You know, I, (laughs) it's such a small moment, but it's one of my favorite moments in the entire episode when he's like, when associate crow lord is like actually i'm associate crow lord now and he's talking to somebody at the birthday party and yeah. she just walks away she just, she just rolls her eyes and she walks is just away done. yeah just I, it's it's such a tiny moment but i i love it it's so good and i have i have questions about that actually so like, yeah. let's let's zoom in on that micro moment because i thought it yeah, yeah, was yeah. really fascinating so i 
have a story that I'm telling myself about Associate Crow Lord. Yeah. Right. And I want to, I want to fact check slash make sure that I'm not being, uh, not generous. Right. I'll do my best. I, right? I don't know him as well as Cole does, but yeah, I'll well, do my so, best. So here's my thought. Um, it, it seems as though he is very proud to have this new role. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been promoted. He is um, really excited and sharing it with anyone who will listen. And that's the vibe that we're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, and shares it with Callum and Callum's like, cool, 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 cool. But like the book. And so he's trying to get to his point. And then I wonder if this woman who walks away from him is just like, I've heard him say this a hundred (laughs) times and he didn't even know I heard him in the conversation over there. And I was trying to come and have a different conversation. He just is like saying it again and I can't deal with it. So my impression is that that's what's going on. But I, I'm also, there's also other possibilities. I'm curious if that's what's going on in your head too, or if there are other possibilities that you're thinking about. I, you know, I, Cole is, I love Cole Howard. He's such a, such a lovely man. And he plays associate Crow Lord so mm-hmm. well, still credited as Crow Master. So in my head, he got demoted <laughs> shortly afterwards. Um, I, I think what is going on there is, and this is a very Cole Howard thing. Bless you, Cole. I know you're listening is he gets really, really excited. Okay. And he's kind of like a, a a golden retriever sometimes where he's just so excited to talk about, you know, whatever it is he's going through or whatever's going on. And it just dominates the conversation mm-hmm. because he's so excited and it's infectious. The excitement is truly infectious. And I think that, I think that part of my dear friend Cole Howard has bled into associate Crow Lord a little bit <laughs> where he's just like the sweetest, nicest, most, most excited person in the world. And if I had an ounce of his energy about anything in my life, I would probably be in a very different place. Yeah. I I would be okay with having more energy in my life. I will admit. Mm. Yeah. So it's interesting because I, I think that we all know someone like this that, you know, it, it comes across almost as um, self-centered, right. In a way that I, like, I can't see anybody else. Cause I'm so like excited about this thing that happened to me. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, part of me is also wondering, like, this seems like a really important, deal and so how do i be more generous when situations like this come up how do i uh stay in community with someone yeah. who is this excited about their their promotion right because i want to not be the person that walks away of course right <laughs> i think i mean for me at least you know it's just learning to celebrate those little things right yeah what may not be a huge yeah. deal to me is a huge deal to someone else. I think about this all the time when I interact with uh, with voiceover Twitter, mm. where you know I'll see people who, uh, you know, they or one of my students. Actually, this is a better example. One of my students uh, at on the mic training where I was teaching their full time booked a phone tree. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you you call AT&T or whatever, and it's just like, you know, hello, welcome to AT&T, blah, 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 right? It's a real simple, 
no nonsense job. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, maybe, I mean, they booked it off of Fiverr or something. So it's probably 50, 60 bucks, but that's a huge deal to them. That's their first booking. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, what I need to do and what I've been attempting to do more and more is take off my jaded glasses. <laughs> yeah. That's, I have those. I totally know what that's like. For real. Right. <laughs> and just be like, you know what? No, that is actually really cool. Yeah. That's incredible. You know? And because it is, it yeah. truly is, you know, my, my own jadedness is something that I've been trying to, I've been trying to entertain less and less <laughs> yeah. as I've been trying to focus more and more on not only my own community, but in building communities. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it, what I'm hearing, I think is that in those moments in order to continue to build right in order to build that community it's important to listen and respond appropriately to the bid that was made mm-hmm. and, and I'm, i think when when i repeat things i repeat it because i don't think i've been heard yes right and so this repetition i'm wondering if he doesn't feel like he's being appropriately recognized right and i wonder if he if he feels like he's he hasn't quite been seen for the uh as much as he sees it to be Mm. right and so like that's why i repeat things i wonder if he's repeating it for the same reason and all it would take to make it so that he didn't repeat it is for doing what you just said which is to 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 say wow that's a big deal Mm-hmm. that's that's incredible thank you for for sharing that with me right like you know what i mean mm-hmm. i just I it's think the that... give and take of conversation you yeah. know like it <laughs> coming from a performance background you know sometimes we always think it has to be like a like an improv yes and right it has mm-hmm. to be a yes and this or yes and this or you know no but this like always building 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 right but it can be as simple as a, that's really cool yeah. And I think that's something I know I forget all the time is just allowing things to be as they are instead of feeling the need to build on top of it. And, you know, speaking to this specific moment in time with dear sweet associate Crow Lord, I mean, <laughs> the promotion may not be a big deal, truly. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many people you know have associate in their title. <laughs> I mean, actually, you know, a few. <laughs> oh, oh, well, of course, grad student, you would. Um, but you know, it's not always like the biggest deal in the world. Sometimes yeah. it. Sometimes you tack associate on just so someone feels recognized, right? Yep. And that, who knows, that might be the case here. I don't. I'm not well versed in the infrastructure of Catullus, as interesting as I'm sure right, it would be. Right. <laughs> I'm ready for the. But class. yeah. <laughs> It's offered at Catullus University. Oh man. City building. Yeah. It's next to the it's next to the baking lab. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I just I think that it I think it's a moment that is very cute and very sweet and I think really speaks to the inherent cute and sweetness of this character. Yeah. But also to you know, he's he's trying to reach out and I get that. Yeah. And Callum is kind of off in his own world, as Callum tends to be, as we might see throughout the season. 
Yeah, we might. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? And uh, yeah, I, I think it's just I think it's a it's a fun little moment that bears bears a thought, both in terms of like the cleverness of the writing, but also just in the in the ongoing trials and tribulations of being the associate crow lord of Catullus. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. So I want to return kind of to what you Please. said first. You you mentioned also getting a chance to see what this community looks like. And again, mm-hmm. this community that is now situated two years after war. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I think I had a like a surprise thought, like, oh, it's raining. Why are people outside? Why are there so many people <laughs> outside right now? And I was like, you know, there were there were children playing in the rain, and there were people who were unbothered by the rain seemingly they were just kind of standing outside and just letting it happen and i was like i want i want that i want to be unbothered by the rain like this seems like a really cool community to be a part of where people don't really care about okay well i get wet i'll just dry off like it just seemed really interesting for me yeah you know callum aside who has this magical umbrella that's pretty cool which is like i kind of wish i had that too that'd be super neat but i thought that was really interesting insight into just the I don't know. I don't know what quality I would say that is, but it's an interesting insight to the community. Yeah. I mean, I'm in Vancouver. It rains here a lot, or at very least it used to before climate change started to be more and more drastic. And, you know, I, when I walk my dog, I don't usually wear a hat or a hood or whatever. I don't need to. I mean, I'm bald. It peels off pretty quickly, but you know, rain isn't, rain isn't a huge deal. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that in a lot of places, you know, I was I was in Italy recently. This I was earlier this year, I should say, and it rained a fair bit while we were there. And you know, you would see, for the most part, the tourists would be the ones like scrambling to get their umbrellas up yeah. and stay dry, and everyone else is just like hood, whatever. Yep, not a big deal. And I think it speaks to you know they're they got other shit to worry about yeah rain rain is not so big of a deal that we need to to fight it i mean nature in general isn't so big of a deal that we must fight it yeah yeah Mm. interesting yeah okay so my i have a question now yeah going towards uh the council yeah yeah and you know, I, Ezrin is kind of marked for us as a uh, very mature for his age ruler mm-hmm. <laughs> and has a incredibly kind heart. And that's kind of what we know. And the it's really fascinating to me who makes up this council. I'm really glad you're hitting on this because this is something I was thinking about as well. Yeah. So like, what's I'll ask you then, like what what strikes you about the makeup of of the council uh a lot of it is very young yeah you know soren is probably what was he 18 in the last season so he's 20 now mm-hmm. corvus is probably around there uh callum is 18 opelli's probably early 30s at latest mm-hmm. i think barius is the oldest member on well excluding bait barius yeah. is the oldest member on the council and Barius is Barius is working class. Yeah. Barius, yeah. you know, happened to 
happened into his appointment, which I think is very cool. And I think it goes to show the true wisdom of yeah. of King Ezrin as written that, you know, he, he wants to hear perspectives from all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like, and I say this with all due love and respect to my boy, but Soren probably shouldn't be on a ruling council. <laughs> and yet, here he is. You know, I I probably would agree with you. You know, but after watching this season, I was shocked at how observant Soren was. Soren is very sharp. Like he, I've been telling he, people for years. He, he comes <laughs> off as a dum dum, but like he is very, very keen on the uptake. Even mm-hmm. if even if he comes across as not like the things he notices and says later in the ep- in the seasons in, or in the episodes of this season, I'm like, dude's been paying attention. He knows exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so, like, maybe like you know, in terms of uh, what what's the you know, oh my god, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Uh, relationality, like, uh, ah, no crap. Um, Relatability. relatability yeah that's the one relatability relatability politics mm. uh where you know we have to perform a certain way when we're with a group of people in order to be uh acceptable and i think what we're seeing is a level of uh tolerance not even tolerance but acceptance and nurturance of different um ways of being with people and the fact that Ezrin is saying, hey, I know that Soren is is valuable here because I've seen what he can do and what he can say, even mm-hmm. though he might disrupt the meeting in weird ways by doing an awkward drum roll. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which I got to say was probably my favorite Soren moment moment in this episode. <laughs> it's a good moment. Yeah. But like, I, that's how it feels to me. Like, does that how does that track for you? I, I can get on board with that. I mean, I think something I've been saying since the beginning of the show is that there's a lot more going on to Soren than I think people give him credit for. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah, he does. He is kind of a lovable dummy and he has this, you know, big himbo energy to him. But he's also the youngest crown guard in history. Mm-hmm. Which means he has achieved something to get there, right? Like, yeah, that's huge. And on top of that as well, you know, coming into season four, he has been, he is a respected military commander. Yeah. You know, he's the head of the crown guard now. Which again, interesting. Uh, Again. Right. Which goes to show that, you know, he has a tactical mind. He has a, a reasonably cunning, and we see that come up throughout the show as well, throughout season four, where he has moments of, of, great cunning even though you know they might not be the most orthodox of methods yeah well and i think that's what's so interesting about this is just the makeup of the council is spanning in ages not necessarily Mm -hmm. like every age bracket but certainly spanning in age and i i think it's spanning in uh terms it's spanning of, in class for sure yeah class absolutely but also spanning it like bait is on the council yeah right and i don't think it's an honorary position right because ah. we know that ezrin has the capacity to communicate <laughs> with with bait right mm-hmm. and so i i legitimately 
think that what we're seeing is like this almost radical acceptance uh, modeled by Ezrin, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Around who should be included in this kind of community that he's trying to build in this kingdom. Right. It's uh, it's fascinating, really. Mm -hmm. I think it's it's such an interesting makeup. And I'm I'm glad that the team did it the way they did, because it it makes for very interesting. uh, I I just think it, it would make for a real interesting conversation at the council meeting. Yeah. But I also think that it's nice to see that it's not just, you know, for lack of better phrasing, a bunch of old white dudes. Right. Well, and to be fair, it is a bunch of dudes Sanzo Pelli, right? Well, yeah, um, Sanzo Pelli. So, like, I I do think that there is certain there, like, there's probably a lot of people who will hear this segment as we're talking and be like, "What about this? Why don't we have this?" Oh, for sure. And um, I think that there could definitely be a larger contingency of of women for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I'm, and this is a pretty radical council as yeah. It. Two right. things can be true. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. What else? What other moments of of community did you notice in this episode? Uh, I mean, one of the big ones I think that kind of comes around is, I mean, to 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 harken back to something I was saying before with regards to you know we're seeing Catullus as a community. Um, I think it's really interesting to see if this is a community that has survived war. Yeah, and has just gone back to living that's big yeah well because it's not something that i think you or i are used to or really any one of our generation yeah you know kind of hearkening back i bear with me i do a lot of this reading but i was thinking about you know the the u.s's involvement in its many many forever wars yep and how I feel that so much of our generation and the current generation and previous generations even are being hit with uh, what Dr. Naomi Klein refers to as shock tactics, where we're just continually shocked into accepting more and more and more and more in regards to, you know, war or neoliberal policy or acceptance of conservative social norms or that sort of thing just because we don't have that resistance Mm, interesting and i really love that you know you look at catullus as a as a kingdom that is not only not preparing for war anymore yeah but is seeking actively to end them yes is seeking act ezrin specifically is seeking to create this and this is a later episode thing but it bears saying is seeking to create a dialogue with Zubeya yeah who represents one of the oldest most dangerous like most contentious enemies that human kingdoms have ever faced which is Zadia and who they just fought yeah and the fact that that is there I mean talk about community Mm. Seeking to build that with, you know, a quote unquote former enemy. Yeah. And not seek war. Yeah. I, one of the quotes that has always stuck with me is, uh, I, I've, I heard this originally from Brene Brown, who I think mm. was quoting someone else, but um, a, a social wound requires a social balm in order mm. to heal. 
Yeah, I like that. And war is a social wound, right? It is not just uh, an isolated thing, right? No, not at all. It is very much a, a communal social thing. And this idea of Ezrin is building this community in such a way that is actively working towards healing the social wound, mm-hmm. right? And by reaching out to Zabea, this is an intentional act of community building, right? Instead of community destroying, which is exactly, <laughs> let's, like, <laughs> let's talk about what war does, right? Like this, Exactly. Right? It's this, it's how are we building community and community through the, it's almost as if, um, looking at the fence that, of your community and saying, how do I, how do I get rid of this fence and how to, or how do I make it bigger? How do I grow the edge of the community that we're in? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what Ezra's doing. He's trying to grow that edge to include more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and, and on that note too, with Ezrin, and this comes up in the reflection story, so I can fucking say it all I want. Yeah. Here. <laughs> uh, Ezrin's crown is made of Harrow's sword. Yeah so cool right wow like what a what a powerful statement yeah to say like no i don't need this sword Mm -hmm. i will still carry the wisdom of my father as represented by the sword and harrow was you know for for his faults he was attempting to be a peacemaker Mm -hmm. yep but man swords into plowshares right yeah it's my favorite magic card not really (laughs) but it's certainly one of them um Wow, there's just so much there. Okay, we haven't talked about uh, the Viren, Claudia, Terry, terms or Amaya and Janai either, which or I Amaya think and is. Janai. Oh my! God. I mean, oh my God, huge. Okay, pick one. Where do we want to go first? Oh God, uh, let's do Amaya and Janai because I think that'll that'll work into what I've been saying about Zubay and Ezrin. Yeah, yeah. Well, like let's let's do it because what I know about this is that this proposal in and of itself mm-hmm. is a communal ask, right? It's not oh, yeah. an isolated ask and it's, it's communal for on multiple fronts. Grin is like inextricably connected to this process. Mm-hmm. And also the fact that Janai has this um, history that she's working in uh, from mm-hmm. her culture that allows multiple people to join in and create this, you know, what turned out to be a flopped dance, but um, <laughs> in generally though, it's, it's, this is a communal ask. And I find that mm-hmm. to be incredibly beautiful. I think so too. It's, it's gorgeous. And as I was saying, as something you were saying that I think is very interesting is uh, war as a social wound. Right. And Amaya demonstrates that. Sure does. <laughs> Boy, does she, you know, and she would, she has been on the front lines forever. Yep. Literally forever. She is new to this whole peace thing. And, you know, I <laughs> man, bless those elves for being as forgiving as they are. I know. Like that that could have been so much worse. <laughs> oh yeah. Totally. And you know, it, it speaks to tensions that come up later on in the season, of course. But yes. I think it's I think it's really interesting that you know Amaya is still in this state of trauma for lack of better phrasing. Yeah. No, I definitely buy into that for sure. I think 
that is ultimately what it, Maya's actions throughout the season really are there. Cause there are some things where that she says that I'm like, Ooh, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> and um, it's, I, it took me a while to process to realize like, this is, this is like the water she's been swimming in her entire mm. life, right? This is what she's been trained for. Of course, her first reaction is going to presume that something is wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And it it offered, like, I think a lot of people probably watch that and be like, who would respond that way, right? Or um, I think that we have to take on like what people have been doing for their entire lives, right? And maybe that is on Janai a little bit. Right. And I don't know, I don't know that it's like not to place blame, but I like, I think that Grin also had the capacity to step in, but to, to mm. be like, I don't, I don't know how Amaya's going to respond to this. Um, and I just, I think that um, it's this consistent uh, communication or rather lack thereof regarding understanding the other's culture mm-hmm. that is the source of so much strife this entire season right and it's we see it as we see it starting here right this this constant like if you just learned a little bit more about the culture and had some cultural humility there would be no arguments so we could avoid all of this Mm -hmm. but how true is that though of real life (laughs) that's exactly and again not to harp on it, but that's something that I respect so much about the show. Yeah. Is there is that sense of like, okay, yeah, in an ideal world, this is what might happen, but this world is not ideal. It's yes. Yeah. And again, I think that's what we learn, right? This this idea of building community, we see that love can uh can bridge that, right? And help mm-hmm. uh make that communication process a little easier mm-hmm. and we see that love doesn't fix it right no like absolutely love doesn't not. solve the problem it's no it is it is communication that seems yeah. to be what's lacking here and so and love requires work right <laughs> <laughs> boy yeah. does it i mean i'm sure you'll get into that on future episodes but you know it's something that i think is always very interesting when i see fans being like oh well why didn't why aren't callum and rayla together again and i'm like she left for two years dude yeah it's a long time <laughs> left without warning with just like a letter on the pillow for two years yeah and this isn't an era where you can just text somebody right yeah like she's gone she might be dead yeah like yeah i would have trouble bringing someone back into my life yeah, if they just disappeared for two years. It's a, it's a breach of trust, right? Yeah. It is hard to like, again, community is again, this space where you feel like you belong. And part of belonging is realizing that you can be who you are and say what you yeah. feel without fear of being hurt for it. And then mm-hmm. Rilla leaving kind of left Callum and like that's, yeah. a, that it breaks something, right? It's a social contract. Yeah. It's a social contract with communities where you're safe. Yeah. And the people within the community will not abandon you. Yeah. They may chastise you. They may, you know, hold you to rights. And, you know, being part of a community is not uh, is not um, in any way uh, social capital to do whatever the fuck you please. Here, here. But it is a breach of trust and it is a breach of expectation. Yeah. 
to not have that conversation. Yeah, agreed. And it goes to show that, you know, they're both 16 at the time. Yep. That, of course. Of that course that happens. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So I think the final thing we have time for. Virentari and Erevos. Yep. Oh, boy. Yeah. And Claudia. I forgot about Claudia. Well, and, oh, and, no. like, like, and let's, like, I think that's what's most fascinating to me is Claudia's, I don't, depending on when Claudia and Terry met. Yeah. Claudia has been, like, mostly alone for two years. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't know precisely when Claudia and Terry met. Um, I don't think. Um, I don't think so either. But depending on how long that's like even if it was like let's half that time claudia was alone for a year yeah like that does things to somebody if you are if you've been around people all your life and that's not how you would choose to be and we know that's not how claudia would choose to be because she is so she's incredibly social and yeah she is immensely social she cares so much about family and for her to be in that space for so long that does something to your to your outlook on life to your Mm -hmm. everything that's going on well and to think like not not to start every you know claudia fan fiction to come hereafter (laughs) but as you said she was alone but she wasn't just alone she was alone with the corpse of her father yeah god doing what she could to sustain it and keep it fresh right and starting to hear erevos being like, these are ways we can help. These are ways we can do this, right? So, you know, she has been alone for the better part of probably a year, say, I don't know. I'm just spitballing. I don't yeah. actually know. Fans do not take this as canon. Um, <laughs> she's been alone for the better part of, you know, year, two years, whoever knows, with the corpse of her father that she is keeping sustained through dark magic and a voice whispering in her ear. Wow. <laughs> Come on, people. Yeah. It's no wonder she does what she does throughout. It is truly no wonder. And I mean, bless, bless Terry. Bless Terry. I, 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 I say this with full disclosure that when Aaron was like, my favorite character is Terry. I was like, who the fuck's Terry? (laughs) This guy. That's awesome. And now that I've met Terry, I'm like, okay, yeah, 100%. He's everyone's cinnamon roll. Love him. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can't, like, I really hope that we learn more about how they met because that's just mm-hmm. um, th- the amount of mental gymnastics I'm doing to picture Claudia, like in this just completely devastated state, you know, and I, I think that's probably what it is. I think she's gotten to the point that she's just dissociated right where she is no longer in her body and the emotions she feels are just so far away that that's how the only way it seems like she's able to operate. Um, And I imagine meeting someone in that state and then, you know, all of a sudden just the wave of being seen that I imagine Terry created that Mm -hmm. it's, it, it makes sense because just of the way that they interact, how it makes sense that they're together. <laughs> oh boy, does it. Right? I mean, it, it speaks to something you were saying earlier with regards to community being a place of safety. That yeah. Claudia is 
for all her faults, Claudia is, you know, gen- generally a pretty lovely person. Yeah. Outside of her, you know, newly discovered homicidal tendencies. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it happens. Well, I... Please. So, uh, the, I I, sh- I should put a spoiler alert at the beginning of this podcast. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, if you're listening to this, you've probably seen the show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I assume that you've seen all of the episodes. I have. And um, the, the, the idea of terry being trans yeah being the one who is able to be in relationship with claudia amid so much trauma is fascinating to me Mm. because what it like what it really speaks to is that terry has the capacity the space the compassion from his growing up that is almost like the, uh, giving him a superpower to be able to live. And I'm not saying Claudia is unlovable. I'm saying that what she's doing is really difficult to be proximate to. I get that. Yeah. And it's really beautiful that what we see is part of the social bomb that helps Claudia be good is someone who is trans. And I, I just find that to be incredibly like I'm, I'm tearing up just thinking about it. Like it's yeah. an incredible it's incredible. <laughs> I think I think something really beautiful kind of about that. And again, this is a future episode thing. I don't know if you have one with Ben scheduled, but you should. Um, something that I think is really beautiful is that Terry is so... Terry knows who he is. Yeah. Terry has always known who he is. And Terry is allowed to live to the fullest of who he is. Mm-hmm. Which I think is really beautiful and I I wish I wish that we had that level of compassion at at very least in the United States as they yeah. do in Catullus where you know it's 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 okay. Yeah. And I think what really something that I see when I see Terry and Claudia together is I see two people who who accept each other and two people who look out for each other and protect each other, but also two people who truly get each other. Yes. And I think that, you know, Claudia had to grow up a lot in seasons one through three. Yep. And she had to grow up even more in season, you know, 3.5 before four. That's for sure. Yeah. And I think something that really, really sits with me too. And it's, it's just a, dumb little background detail but in that initial clip that was released of you know viren coming back to life yep you can see a boot in the background yep so you know claudia's had to do some really unspeakable things yeah yeah to sustain viren and to sustain the the erevos pod well and in thinking about you know we we spent a, a little bit of time talking about that um, when on that last final episode for um, season three and man the the line that she delivers that is I had to do unspeakable things you can you can hear the grief in that line and just I'm uh, so in awe <laughs> of that 
what space Raquel had to be in, to yeah. have been in right? Yeah. To have delivered that line that well, um, which is terrifying. Um, but, whew. But on top of that, too, I mean, kind of to bring this back to that point of community, I think Terry reminds her of, reminds her first off that she's not alone. Yeah. Yeah. Which is probably the only reason she hasn't gone completely, completely off her rocker. Mm-hmm. And I think it's funny that, you know, an elf, humanity's long most hated enemy. Yeah. <laughs> right is the true source of humanity in that group yep yep yeah um i forget if i talked about this recently uh on this podcast or if it was in one of my small groups but we talked about the difference between humanity and personhood Mm. and i think what this show gives us is a stark view of the difference in that uh, this idea of seeing the humanity in something like, for instance, seeing the humanity in bait or seeing the humanity in an elf um, puts humans above in like a supremacist, like human supremacist mm, mindset. Yeah, okay. And instead thinking about the, the person, uh, the personhood that is within each being in this mm. universe, right? The, the personhood of this elf, right, is showing us the personhood within us as humans, right? The personhood in Zim and Zubaya and, you know, all of the elves is showing us and reflecting the person that is within us. Mm. But when we like, but when we frame it in terms of humanity, what happens is it puts humanity above creation, the rest of creation, right? Interesting. Um, Which is really fascinating to think. Yeah. I like that. That's, huh. That's cool. Yeah. That's I thought it was cool. cool too when I when, yeah. I when I first came across that. It was a it was a really neat conversation. Um, okay, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna let the the music come in and enter our listeners' ears. We'll take a short break and we'll be right back with our final couple of seconds. Welcome back. Thanks for coming on back and joining us again. We have a couple more segments for you today. And what we're going to do is we're going to start off with our Lens MVP. And again, reminding everyone, our Lens today is community. So this is the character in this episode that has modeled community to the fullest. Uh, And so for better or for worse, this character exemplifies the Lens of community. So Jesse, I'm going to throw it to you. Sure. Who would you like to nominate for this award? I mean, I don't mean to sound a little full of myself here, but I think it should go to Soren. 
Here's uh, why. Here's my here's my argument why. So he's coming back from one of the most traumatic experiences of his life. Yep. He is coming back from losing everything, his family, his his father, his connection with his sister, his most important connection. And he has clearly come back into a place of being accepted by the community, loved by the community. He gives back to the community. He is a he is a valued and trusted member of King Ezrin's council. He by accepting his new community and seeing beyond just the bonds of blood. Yeah. I think he's found a place where, you know, he can do stupid drum rolls at the council meeting <laughs> and it's cool. You know, he can uh <laughs> he can test his tight five against Zubaya and Unreal. people love it for some yeah. reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I do. I like, I love this answer too. Cause I, I think a lot of times uh, there's almost less value on comic relief. Right. Because mm -hmm. it, oh well, like we don't, we can deal without that. It's the drama that really matters. It's like the, the core. And it's almost like that comedy and humor and joy and laughter are often viewed as like superfluous rather than central to the core of what makes something beautiful. And I yeah, think well, because we don't allow ourselves to do it. <laughs> exactly. And I and I think that's what you're you're kind of pointing to us towards the value of of joy, the value of um what Soren brings to the table. And I just I really love that. And I I'm gonna have to propose a, a nominee that will will stomp storing out right so please um i mean let's be real we spent a good deal of time talking about ezrin and about community and how mm -hmm. intentionally building this community right in order to heal the the wounds that have been happening for hundreds of years and i gotta say i think my boy ezrin can take soren here and here's why again we we have this war that we've been working through there's been two years uh, Soren clearly uh, does a lot, but Ezrin has been spearheading this, right? Ezrin has been working on creating this really lovely council that's really accommodating of so many different uh, demographics. We have a lot of really cool things that he's doing with building community with the dragons and the elves and more. So I got to go with my boy Ez. Fair, fair enough. Listeners, this is your chance. You have the opportunity to vote we'll put a little poll going out on twitter uh so be on the lookout for that and i can't wait to see what you all decide whether soren or ezrin wins the award lens mvp for community uh we'll see we'll see what happens i will say that my running uh track record for winning is very low so <laughs> if you could vote for ezrin just for me that'd be great um <laughs> <laughs> uh okay and that kind of brings us into our final segment and our final segment is gratitude um we on the podcast believe that joy is inextricably connected to gratitude and in order to cultivate more of that we like to end with a practice of that and so uh jesse i'm going to ask you like who is someone in this episode that you are grateful for and and why i mean not to sound too much like a broken record, but especially coming back off of a period of uncertainty mm -hmm. 
and you know this desire to tell this really really beautiful story i am incredibly grateful for soren here yeah because yeah i mean like i've said at this point as of you know november 2022 i've lived with this guy for six years that's not an insignificant yeah. chunk of time no you know? and i have the show in many ways has been incredibly life-changing for me not just you know financially of course it's you know kept a roof over my head yeah but at the same time it's also exposed me to so many different communities and people and and uh, colleagues new colleagues that i've never had the chance to work with before yeah and you know it's i i know i must sound like a broken record sometimes with this but I feel so grateful to be a part of the show. Mm -hmm. And I feel so grateful to be a part of the show in, in Soren because he is, he is relentlessly things that I wish that I was sometimes. Yeah. That is to say relentlessly energetic, relentlessly positive, you know, relentlessly hopeful. Yeah. Mm. I love and that. coming back, just coming back after so long and getting to work with everybody and now getting to see the fruits of our labor come to pass and seeing the people like it. I'm just like, oh. finally, <laughs> Ugh, finally, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Oh, wow. Again, I'm just I'm I'm constantly impressed, at, you know, just on social media alone. Uh, the amount of positivity exchanged among all of the cast, but not just the cast, like the entire team, really, like between the animators and the writers and, you know, Aaron and Justin, there's just so much like constant praise and gratitude passed along and in between you all that is really beautiful to watch. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just am, it's really cool to hear how much it means uh, to you. And, and so thank you for, for sharing for for me, I I found myself in this episode, and I've watched it like four or five times now. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, and I've been really interested in Callum in this episode because watching him go through, like, there's this. We see him in this pensive moment where he's like talking to the mirror. And the way he talks to the mirror by himself is like very not what we're used to seeing Callum speak like. Uh, he, he speaks like in a very, like his voice uh, drops and he speaks more slowly. And it's a very different side of Callum to two seconds later when the guard knocks, he's like voice goes up, starts talking about very much more animated, gets a lot more of that awkward Callum that we're used to. And I, I think that we see how much Callum has changed and aged in just that one delivery of that one line. Um, and it just made me think about how much I've grown in two years and what has changed for me in two years. And I just am really impressed that he can, um, that he's as resilient as, as Soren, right. That he, like the, the resilience of these characters is just really beautiful for me. So I'm going to, I'm going to stick with Callum today. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it reminds me of 
<laughs> it reminds me so much of the final episode of Bojack Horseman. Mm, what you just said, why. where uh, Bojack says, you know, life shit and then you die. And Diane says, well, no, life is shit, but then you keep living. Mm. Yeah. It's about, it is about resilience at the end of the day. But I think kind of to tie this back to what we've been saying, resilience doesn't need to be hard. Mm. Oh, that's big. Bruce Lee, philosophy, you know, be like water. Yep. If you're yeah. if you're strong and tough like an oak tree all the time, you're going to get knocked over by a storm. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I think that's what's so beautiful about community and it's teaching <laughs> us we don't have to be strong. We can lean on each other. That's why we're here. Oh, gosh. Okay, I think we could talk about this for forever. Probably, yeah. Uh, okay. I got more thoughts on Associate Crow Lord. No, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> We'll have a we'll have a special uh, mini episode on Associate Crow Lord. Um, okay, uh, this has just been incredible, Jesse. Thank you for honoring all of us with your time and your willingness to talk about this on on the podcast. It's really a gift, and so I just want to express my gratitude for more than just these characters, but also for you. Well, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to come on and talk and. Thank you for giving me another platform for my radical pinko viewpoints. Yeah, let's let's always. Okay, well, let's assume that there are some um, people who have no idea how to find you mm. on social media. Um, if you would like to be found, how would you like them to find you? Uh, well, I am at J Inokalia on all things. That's J I N O C A L L A. Uh, that's Twitter. I mean, if it's still around, uh, that's Instagram for sure. Uh, that's Twitch. Don't add me there. Don't waste a sub on that. I don't stream. I don't use it. <laughs> um, but yeah. And I mean, I always announce new things when I can talk about them. Also my website, jessinokalia.com. Um, I typically keep that pretty updated as well. So yeah, reach out. Fabulous. And of course, you all can find us at BNB underscore pod on all the things as well. We have a lovely Patreon that helps us pay our producer a living wage, which is what we're trying to do. So if you can spare a couple dollars a month, that would help. And if you can't, feel free to just give the podcast a little quick review. Five stars appreciated. Uh, but whatever is floating your boat, we'd appreciate it. You just, yeah, just five, that. five stars. Yeah. Five yeah. stars. Yes. Exactly. Right. And leave a comment about how nice Ben is. Yeah, specifically. Right. <laughs> awesome. Okay. This has been another episode of the Dragon Pod. I actually, I guess it's the inaugural episode of the Dragon Pod, which is a subsidiary of Bending Not Breaking. <laughs> um, thank you all for being with us. Until next time, be well and do good. 